How are things going for golf? Well, in terms of television broadcast rights and digital streaming rights, bucks are rolling in the door. As for people playing, well, I guess things are getting a little better. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. This episode is brought to you by my book, Deep Rough, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. More on that later, though. In this 30-second episode, after the U.S. Open and with the Masters coming in November. The Masters in November? The heck? Anyway, I'm going to talk a bit about the state of golf. But first, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the hell is the deal with the Press Club C anyway? What's this stand for? Well, each letter stands for stuff we talk about on this podcast. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. And second S is for stories. Books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, etc. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is the big catch-all for life. U is understanding lessons in history, education, economics, business, etc. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And finally, the C in Press Club C is conservative. Why? Because I am one. So now let's talk golf. And I guess my immediate reaction, looking at the U.S. Open this past weekend um, and a whole host of other things, you know, I want to want to respond like Dr. Frankenstein. It's alive. It's alive. So we saw Bryson DeChambeau power his way, to say the least, through the the U.S. Open at winged foot to a six. He won it one by six strokes. The only golfer under par. He shot a three under 67 for a final round. You know, the the word that comes to mind is wow. Uh, It's the guy's first major and uh, maybe we'll see him muscle his way to some more. Uh, but it got me thinking while I was watching U.S. Open uh, and afterwards, um, you know, I started thinking about you know, what's the state of golf. And um, I'm going to look at it in two ways, I, primarily from a spectator standpoint, television, digital rights, things like that. And then I'll talk about a little bit about the game itself in terms of how people how many people are playing you know, that that type of thing. But anyway, you know, when you look at the television side of things, uh, golf is rocking it. Um, I'm talking about in terms of the contracts uh, that it has. Um, so the, the, the PGA Tour last year, 2019, decided that it needed to move ahead of uh, a lot of the other professional leagues that were coming up on uh, big contract negotiations. So they wanted to get out, the PGA Tour wanted to get out quick, get out early, and uh, they did so. And in March of this year, they got a deal. Um, it's really a mega deal um, So uh, with uh, CBS, NBC, and actually ESPN Plus as well. So everybody's involved in this. <laughs> What's what's interesting is um, their current contract goes through 2021. This new one is a nine-year deal, which will take them through 2030. So these are the broadcast rights. Um, on the broadcast rights side, CBS and NBC, the Golf Channel are all locked in. And then um, on the digital end of things, 
they're going to move things from the PG, PGA Tour live digital streaming thing over to ESPN+. Plus. Now, what's the deal in terms of uh, revenue? Um, the current deals reportedly gets the PGA Tour $400 million annually. Um, the reports peg this new deal at increasing the revenue by about 70%, some say 75%, some said 60%, but it seems like most uh, reports are on that 70% mark, bringing their annual revenue broadcast streaming revenues up to about $700 million um, annually. So those are obviously, that's a nice chunk of change. And um, ESPN's fee for the streaming side of things is $75 million annually, um, which obviously leaves some $600 million plus for uh, CBS and NBC, and NBC owns the Golf Channel, for them to cover the rest of this uh, this deal. And, and it's, when, when you look at the value of live sports and you look at the amount of content the PGA Tour has, um, this deal perhaps isn't as surprising as many people um, might think. And also, you got to remember that the PGA Tour has... Um, skews upper income, so there, you know, there's some nice um, advertising revenues coming in here, um, which you know it's a high higher income demographic. So anyway, it's it's a great deal for the PGA Tour. It's a great deal for I think for uh, CBS, NBC slash the Golf Channel, and and ESPN Plus. Listen. It, for, the golf channel needs golf. I mean, what, what do you what do you have if you don't have golf? So, so that was a no brainer in terms of that happening. ESPN Plus was smart, I think, to get in, um, bringing in that'll bring in some golf subscribers. The folks that were doing the PGA Tour Live thing, and you know, the hardcore golf fan is going to add subscribers to ESPN Plus, no doubt about that. Uh, and I've been talking, writing and talking about the fact that ESPN Plus is also set up quite nicely for uh, the battle over NFL ticket when that happens after, I think that's the 2022 season of the NFL. Now, anyway, I don't get down that path. So so golf here is sitting quite nicely through 2030, the PGA Tour, um, in terms of <clears throat> television rights and uh, digital streaming. Then you have this deal with the, now the USGA, who runs the U.S. Open, the Women's U.S. Women's Open, and other U.S. Opens, <laughs> um, USGA Championships. The, this is the, their deal is separate from the PGA Tour. So now the the deal with um, this is you know this came up this year in June, and we just saw the U.S. Open, and, and perhaps people watching the U.S. Open and they're saying, why is this on NBC? Um, what happened to Fox? Didn't Fox sign this big deal to have the U.S. Open? And they did. But what happened with the pandemic, uh, it brought, you know, essentially Fox has a lot of sports. And having the U.S. Open moved to September created enormous problems for Fox, uh, particularly in terms of their their NFL um, contract. So initially... I guess they went into negotiations with NBC about, you know, maybe just this year uh, 
moving the U.S. Open over to NBC, where it was before the Fox deal. Um, and then it turned into something bigger, and it wound up that NBC now has the uh, the USGA stuff, championships back. Now, so what's the deal here? Before, uh, as I said, NBC Universal had the uh, USGA events. Fox stepped in, and from 2015, their contract ran from 2015 through 2027. And this was big money. Um, Fox, you know, most people seem they over think they overbid, but they forked over a contract $1.1 billion, which is an annual price tag of $93 million. Now, according to a whole host of reports, that was compared to the previous deal that the USGA had, which was with NBC and ESPN, for a combined $37 million. So, man, good for the USGA, right? Woo, money rolling in the door. Um, now, what happens with this is this deal, for, from the USGA standpoint, they're like, hey, fine. Things get moved over. Things are now moved over to NBC's um, venues. So NBC has the Golf Channel. NBC obviously has NBC. And then they also have Peacock, the streaming service. So what we saw during the US, this U.S. Open was that mix. We saw the U.S. Open move from Peacock to the Golf Channel to NBC and, you know, different each day. So NBC is set up nicely for this. Um, apparently, they are going to pay uh, the USGA about, I, I think it's a little less than half of what uh, Fox agreed to per year. But that doesn't mean that the USGA, the United States Golf Association, is out any money because Fox has to make up the difference. So the USGA is still getting their big bucks through 2027. Now NBC is uh, paying a little less than half of that and Fox is paying the rest. And meanwhile, NBC um, has is the new home of the, uh, the USGA championships, including the US Open. And, and quite frankly, when you look at how NBC is being set up, their tradition with golf, um, and their obviously their ownership of the Golf Channel. This this is actually a better deal, um, I would argue for uh, for the USGA. So the USGA is looking pretty uh, financially, television rights, streaming rights through twenty twenty seven. The PGA Tour is sitting pretty, and I think they were smart to move early compared to the other leagues. They're sitting pretty through twenty thirty. Um, now, what about the state of golf itself, though? Um, you know, it's, it, I turn to this, the uh, National Golf Foundation does this analysis every year, kind of the state of the game. And uh, the most recent one I can find is, is what came out in 2019. So I assume uh, we haven't seen one this year. I can't find it if, if we have. Um, we haven't seen one yet, and the pandemic and everything else, you know, right? So the USGA, the the I'm sorry, the National Golf Foundation reported uh, it's got in its golf industry report for 2018. So it estimated that 24.2 million people played golf on a course in 2018. Now that is up from the previous two years where they came in at 23.8 million. Um, it's about the same as 2015, and it's down from 24.7 million in 2014. It's also down from the all-time high, which was in the early aughts in 2003. 
there were 30 plus million golfers um, that were reported. Uh, so interesting. Um, so I think what you're seeing is hopefully for golf kind of a bottoming. Uh, that's and I think that's what uh, obviously the golf people are hoping. But it's um, it, it's interesting. And, and by the way, they they peg the industry at eighty four billion dollar industry. That so that's uh, that's a significant chunk of change. They also look at people that um, are involved with golf but didn't play. On a course, so they look at you know things like Top Golf and things like that. So when you add that into the mix, they calculate that at 9.3 million people, up from 8.3 in, in 2018, up from 8.3 the year before, up from 5.4 million back in 2014. So they put that total golf participation number now at 33.5 million, and that has risen in each of the last. You know, when I look at the data that I have available here, last five years now, uh, four years. So that's, that's good news. Some people have criticized that. I don't think so because what you're looking at is a, is a way to introduce people to bring them into the game. So whether they, they come to top golf, a top golf, uh, place and just, you know, eat and hit some golf balls off the, uh, you know, at the driving range type of setup, that's great. Uh, it introduces them to the game. Um, so I think it, it certainly counts. I don't think the, the criticisms of that, uh, those numbers are legitimate. Um, there are some other numbers that are in the report um, that are that are positive in terms of new people playing. Uh, you know, at, that being up at a high level com- uh, compared to historically. So those are all good. The problem, of course, that the statistics still show that um, golf course closures are, are pretty pretty substantial. Um, and that's been going on for a number of years now since actually uh, more courses have closed than open in every year since 2006. So that's a uh, obviously a big issue. But when you look at the new people coming in, you look at the number of baby boomers that, that are retiring that could play. So I think overall, um, also th- this is an interesting number. Uh, overall, I think there, there's some reasons to be uh, hopeful about this type of stuff. Um, it's another data point from this National Golf Foundation report. They say about 74 million people watched or read about golf, uh, in, in 2018, 28. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, they put the game's total reach at 107 million. That's more than a third of the population. And that's up, that's up notably from the previous year, 2017, so that's all good. I mean, there was Tiger Woods in the mix there. Um, you know, um, that, that was here. He won the Masters and so on, but came back. But um, anyway, the, the point is, is that, you know, golf is still out there in terms of people being interested in it to varying degrees. Obviously, what golf needs to do, the golf professionals across America, along with the U.S. Open and the PGA, the PGA, the PGA Tour, they need to bring the casual folks in um, to a greater extent. And they have been working on that. And it's not easy in this environment, I think, in terms of uh, uh, the economy. Um, really, since, you, you know, it's no coincidence. When you look at the data, by the way, you look at that number 2006. Remember, 2007, late 2007 is when the, the recession started, that last recession. 
Um, and, and a lot of things in the sports world have not bounced back, actually, from that Great Recession. And now, obviously, we're hit with this pandemic, which creates additional problems. The one thing I will say, uh, looking at the other side of this, is that um, outdoor activities like golf, I'm sure, are going to see a nice bounce back after the pandemic. So I think golf um, could be well positioned for that. People were able to play golf because of you know being outside, distancing, and so on during the pandemic. So those are silver linings in an otherwise tough situation with uh, with the COVID nineteen crisis. Um, so there there are reasons I think for let's just put it at that reasons for hope that in terms of people playing golf being interested in golf, that we've kind of hit a bottom. Obviously, this pandemic throws everything off. So I'm kind of looking at pre-pandemic stuff and then looking out beyond once we get uh, vaccines and so on. Uh, But I think there's some real hope for golf in terms of getting people out and playing again. And then when you look at uh, the business side of the PGA Tour and USGA, those television rights contracts the digital broadcasting, those are all nice positives uh, for the game of golf, uh, to say the very least. So let's let's walk away from this um, this uh, this little look at golf on a positive note. I'm certainly uh, looking forward to getting back out on the course myself. Uh, now, listen when, when you talk about major golf, major when you talk about golf and uh, and the majors. You're looking for something to read? Well, check out Deep Rough, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. It's one of my novels. Um, the action takes the reader from, uh, you know, things like oppression in China to espionage and violence in the U.S. to, guess what, some nail-biting at golf's major tournaments. So Stephen Grant is a center, central character in these books, along with a whole host of others. But he's a, a pastor at St. Mary's Lutheran Church on Long Island. He's a former Navy SEAL, one-time CIA operative. And by the way, he's not too bad with a golf club. So... In this book, you know, um, one man faces uh, challenges as a pastor in China. His son, though, has become a breakout phenom in the world of professional golf. And guess what? The Chinese government isn't pleased with either one of them, and their lives are in danger. Again, Grant, from his CIA days, has a history with communist China, but he also, again, claims a pretty solid golf game. So his unique experience and skills unexpectedly put him alongside old friends at some of golf's biggest tournaments as a caddy and bodyguard, and in the middle of an international struggle over persecution, a mission of revenge, and a battle between good and evil. So the action in this book, folks, goes from, it's across the world. Uh, Well, it's across the worlds of espionage and golf, and it's across uh, geographic locales like the Monterey Peninsula, Taiwan, Long Island, uh, China, Augusta, Georgia, uh, and Washington, D.C., by the way, it's one reviewer said something about the Pastor Stephen Grant, my Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. He said, how I'd love to see Pastor Grant on Netflix. I like that. Listen, paperbacks and Kindle editions of Deep Rough, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel, are available over at Amazon.com. You can get signed books at RayKeatingOnline.com. Just go there, order Deep Rough, and I'll be glad to sign it and ship it out to you. So, folks, thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, including uh, columns over at KeatingFiles.com. Uh, my other podcast, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes, 
Uh, please check out my most recent nonfiction book, Behind Enemy Lines, Conservative Communiques from Left Wing New York. By the way, I've got some golf essays in that book as well. Again, check out the Pastor Stephen Grant novels. We're up to 12 of those, and I'm working on number 13. Um, also, please check out my other recent nonfiction book, Free Trade Rocks. And hey, go over to DisneyBizJournal.com, uh, a website I run on all things Disney um, in terms of the business end of things, reviews, commentary, analysis, and so on. Once again, thanks for listening. 